committed to taking care of everyone and everything in your life? Do you sometimes wonder when it's going to be your turn? Are you ready to find love, joy, and purpose on your own terms? Are you ready to put your happiness first? My name's Heidi Esther, a joyful purpose mentor and Midwestern mama who's been there. I guide curious souls like you to embark on a journey to find what self-love and a joyful purpose look like for you. Are you ready for the adventure of a lifetime? Then the Joyfully Ever After community is here for you. You'll find encouraging support, relatable stories, empowering conversations, and playful self-reflections. All the tools you need to find your joyfully ever after. Because, let's be honest, life's too short to drive around whining dogs and crappy feelings. All right, here's the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to your Joyfully Ever After. I am Heidi Esther, author, speaker, and mentor, bringing you conversations and workshops and all sorts of good stuff to get you uh, out of the people-pleasing mode and walking authentically to your Joyfully Ever After. I am here today with special guest, Julia Barton. Hello. Thank you for having me. And we are going to be having a, a lighthearted and serious discussion about real stuff. It's entitled uh, Depression to Full Bloom. And as you can see, Julia has fully embraced the bloom aspect of the full bloom, wearing the beautiful floral shirt, as well as in the title of our business, Olive and Bloom, which is totally awesome because I have a dog named Olive. So, and she has something special also named Olive. And I think that we should definitely, definitely get to that. Um, so I always like to start out with a question. Um, and I, Julia, you can like, I'll introduce you and then We'll do a little question and we're going to have a chat and um, then, then I'm going to let all of my community, let them know how to find you on all the good channels. So, Julia, how are you and how are you taking care of yourself today? Today, I'm taking care of myself by enjoying the beautiful weather out. It was hot over the weekend, and I'm just enjoying the cooler air, the cooler breeze. I went on a walk this morning with my doc, with my daughter, and I'm just, just kind of taking a relaxing day and just not having anything planned except for this, which is super exciting. So, so yeah, it's just kind of a, a no-planned day. Nice. Nice. I love, I love that. It is also uh, beautiful and breezy here. And I did eat my breakfast on our back deck while uh, trying to buffer uh, my dog noses from getting too close to my plate. Cause there's like sweet potatoes and eggs on there and stuff. And they like <laughs> both of those. <laughs> I know I'm trying, I'm trying to eat more vegetables with my, with my breakfast. It's kind of weird. I remember like a few years ago going to a restaurant pre pandemic and saying like, 
breakfast salad. What's that? That's crazy. Breakfast salads are crazy. Who does that? And now I'm like, how can I fit vegetables into every single meal of my Mm -hmm. day? Like, dang. And you got to hand it to it. And I was thinking like whoever made the whole like plant-based connotation versus being vegan, they really figured out something, I think, Mm -hmm. you know, moving, moving on. So, um, all right. So, I want to get into it. So, um, Julia, I've had the privilege of knowing you only for a short period of time, but I look forward to uh, more conversations in the future. And one of the things that really uh, stood out to me, um, I, I'm not just going to read your bio because you can kind of fill in, but was that you had a what you call a holistic childhood where you got a reiki certification at the age of eight and i think that's very impressive i like to go around bragging that like i got myself confirmed in my church at 13 but you got a solid five years on me so (laughs) (laughs) so i want i want to know like um so you've had this like holistic energy centered heart uh, and you know this this way of coming at life by taking care of other people and, and trying to help other people uh, even at that younger age I don't know about you I used to always tuck my stuffed animals and teddy bears in was that along the lines of what you were doing at that time um, yeah um, I think whoop go ahead did oh, no. So so let me know what what was the story behind uh, the eight year old Reiki certification? Yeah. So so as a younger child and being very empathic and intuitive and sensitive, um, you know, nighttime was a very scary time for me. And I was scared to death <laughs> every night. I could just feel energies and things. And I was just always scared. So my mother had done Reiki herself and then she had me do Reiki. So it was kind of like used as a protection for myself and we used it as a healing art. So if we were sick or we didn't feel good, if my something was going on, we'd use it as a healing modality as well. Um, so I utilized it in different ways growing up. So it's kind of like a, a double-edged, like dual purpose, I guess you could say. Wow. Wow. That's, that's great. So have you, have you always had that in your life or was there a point where you kind of like lost touch with it and then, then reconnected? Yeah. So I lost touch with that little girl that I, I was when I, you know, how I grew up. Um, Cause it's hard. I grew up in the eighties and not having a lot of people living in a holistic household, you know, using homeopathic medicines, making homemade teas, collecting herbs in the garden, having drumming ceremonies. Like we just, I, I grew up very different from the people around me. So I was able to embrace it growing up with my family, but as you kind of go out in the world and you're trying to find yourself and, you know, society's coming at you, you have to be this way. You have to look this way. You have to fit in. You have to do all these things. I kind of lost who I was and I didn't honor it. Um, cause I was kind of embarrassed or ashamed of it. So I, it did, it took a long time for me to get back to that. Um, I was in my thirties, my late thirties. So, so yeah, I definitely lost touch with that didn't even tell people about any of it, you know, for, you know, decades. Um, so you're kind of in the, like, you kind of kept it in the closet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to, yeah, I kind of, I kind of think sometimes like life is like a series of 
understanding what's inside and then being getting okay enough and accepting enough to come out of the closet with it. Um, I remember one time I remember I, I invited my friends over and I was like, all right, I got to tell them, I got to tell them. And then I like, I like made them all spaghetti and brownies. And I was like, and I gave them wine and I was like, all of this will make it okay. If I tell them this about myself, then they won't leave me. Cause I was still grappling with like shame or is this really me? Or I don't know. And so I was like, all right, all right. And then I was like, tell them, I was like, I'm a feminist. And then they were like, okay, is there anything else you want to say? And I was like, no, <laughs> but it was such a big, big thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in a household of, of uh, three brothers. And so we had a very masculine Mm. household. And so the word feminist to me equated to someone who believed that women were better than men. Like I didn't even have the right definition. So when I first started to step into that definition of like, we're all equal and I'm not just here to like, cause it was either like, you know, feminists are women who are better than men's, but I'm here to be like a helper and serve everyone. So I'm below. So I was either like, should, I can't, I can't embrace being above them because I'm below them. Mm. And so, yeah, like getting, being okay. Right. With that. And yeah. I like to say like, so, so much of us, we attach like super labels, like we brand mm. ourselves with it. And I like to say now, like, can you give yourself a post-it note? <laughs> Can you just say, like, I'm going to try out this label? Yeah. You may not stick for a while. If I really like it and it resonates with me, like, yeah, I will I will get a tag. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, and it's hard. We kind of grow up and, you know, with our surroundings, you think you have to be a certain way, look a certain way. I mean, especially for teenage girls. And, you know, it's mm-hmm. just like, you know, you're yeah, told 80s, that. Like, don't eat. Yes. Yeah, it just, um, you know, different stuff wasn't viewed upon as being what made you worthy or what made you important. And, you know, it was, mm-hmm. it was, that really got to me. I also grew up with acne and I had severe skin issues and that really like killed my self-esteem, putting myself out there, being authentic and true to myself as well. So I had like that and, you know, the other stuff going on. So it was, it just, it did a complete number on me. Um, so it's like how really? many hoodies, like when I was uh, not accepting the fact that I could be gay, like I was, I was constantly wearing a hoodie mm-hmm. and wishing that I could just like tie it up as close as possible while still being able to, you know, safely drive. Yeah. And that was yeah, like, hiding. <laughs> yeah. I was like, literally, yeah. Heidi was literally hiding. Yeah. 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 I can feel that I hid under makeup for years. I mean, it was probably not until, yeah, my mid thirties. That was just, (laughs) it's like, I finally like, you know, didn't care anymore, but yeah, I would hide under makeup and you know, you, it was just so embarrassing. And I didn't, I felt like if I spoke up, somebody would make fun of me. And I just didn't, I hated that. Like the thought of that happening, it like mortified me. So I just kind of squeaked through just, was quiet and didn't speak up, didn't, you know, show who I really was because the fear of being made fun of is, yeah. It's yeah. Not, yeah. 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 Being, being 
out as yourself, you know, is, is so, is, is so terrifying when you're like hiding is safe where Roy's taught mm-hmm. like hiding, hiding is, you know, behind these, these kind of things. And in my family, it was like, we're all intellectual, we're all intellectuals here. And so we hide behind like giant reasoning and mathematical equations mm-hmm. and like, there's no like, you know, other, other layer. That's where, that's where we're safe and that's where we hide. And then I recently had my chart read and like my water sign is a Scorpio. My mom's first sign is a sun sign is a Scorpio. So you would think like my mom and I would be like super deep relationship, but you know, we're all, like, I was taught in my family of origin to, you know, that we do all this hardcore intellectual reason. Like we hide behind mm-hmm. it. That's the, that's the brand we give ourselves. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I've like just learned to be like, that's a post-it note. I'm just going to hold on to that loosely, but mostly I just, you know, I think real is where the, where the connection is. So you Mm -hmm. mentioned um, a little bit about your journey and I was uh, wondering if you would like to share kind of a little bit more about the, the start of where you were like at the start of your journey, like not even the awareness, like what, like, was that, uh, Julia, was that the same one who was, you know, hiding or was there a specific set of circumstances? I'm thinking of this because, you know, I've read your chapter in the book that we're going to talk about. Um, where were you at that moment? Like right before, and you know, what did, what did it feel like, like at that moment in your life before you started kind of venturing forward to like, what could be more? Yeah, I had lived so many years um, being a perfectionist and being a people pleaser and doing everything for everybody else, not, you know, thinking of me, just thinking about everybody else. And it was part of my like, wanting to feel worthy, wanting to fit in. And if you, I don't know if you read the book, Heidi, but Atlas of the Heart by Brene Brown. Mm. Um, I've, I've read some of it. Yeah. So she has that chapter that talks about fitting in versus belonging. And if you read that, it's just incredibly like eye opening um, because everybody wants to fit in, but that's not what, (laughs) it's not what we're meant to do. We're supposed to belong. And by belonging, Mm -hmm. you can, you have to be authentic and true to yourself um, before you can belong anywhere. And fitting in is changing yourself to try to fit into a certain group or certain social group like it's it's different yeah I just that's that's such a huge it's such a huge difference right yeah yeah when you you like put it into perspective you know I'm on the other side now um but it's just an amazing eye-opener but anyway what so I've lived so many years with trying to be somebody else you know in order to try to fit in and and belong and um feel worthy and I had my daughter, who is my second child, when I was 34, and afterwards, I had severe depression, and I didn't really know what it was for at first. It took several months. Um, I yeah. thought it was so. Just- what did that like? Yeah, what did that feel feel like? Because I I have a I have a part of a journey also in in that arena. So I'm just curious. Yeah, I at first didn't really know what it was because we had just built a house. I had a three-year-old. I was pregnant. I was sick my whole pregnancy. My husband was working seven days a week. Our house was not finished when I were, when we moved in, and that drove me crazy. I'm like, I need to have things done. Yeah. And in this 
place and you know and it wasn't like that so at first I thought it was just that like the disruption of just everything that had happened like I didn't have a chance to process any of it like an so accumulation I, yes that's okay. what I thought it yeah. was at first um but then going on diving into it and um just you said what it felt like I just I felt rage. I felt sad. I was like crying every single day. I didn't want to be here. I like felt like I was horrible. If I died tomorrow, nobody would even care. Like I just, it was a, such a dark, dark place. Um, I felt like I was a horrible mother. Um, my depression was a little bit different. Like, and every depression is different for postpartum mm -hmm. depression. Some think that you don't connect with your baby. That is the case for some people, but that was not for me. Um, my baby and breastfeeding was uh, the only thing along with my husband's support that helped me through that time and mm. gave me hope, you know, until mm. I, they were your, like that, your connection to something, yes, yes, like something nourishing. Yep, exactly. So after it was, so I had my daughter in September and it was January. I sat down the computer and I read something. It wasn't even, I wasn't even searching. I don't know where it was an ad or something that had popped up and it said something about postpartum depression. I read it and I'm like, Oh my goodness. I just started crying and I'm like, Oh my, this is what I have. Like it's all pointing in that yeah. direction. And, you know, so I went down the road of going to my doctor and being on put on medication and going to therapy. But um, it eventually didn't really, wasn't effective and it didn't work. So I went a different route. Yeah. Um, was it, cause it was it a more holistic route because that was where you were. Yeah. The universe, was, was the universe kind of like pointing you back to the holistic mm -hmm. route? Yeah, it was. Cause I knew I need something more. I'm a very deep person. I, a deep thinker, like I, there's a purpose in everything. There's a meaning to everything. So I going to therapy and just sitting there and just, talking like I where's my homework like didn't I need something that you're going to give me to work on so I can fix this like I it wasn't just like I didn't need somebody just to talk to I needed to fix what was going on because I knew there was something else going on like what can I do like give give me help yeah so so knowing that it was more than that um by chance I went to a psychic medium because my daughter wouldn't sleep at night. And I thought she had some stuff going on, like how I grew up. I just, you know, Oh, okay. So, the, the universe yeah. Does yeah. yeah. So I, so I went to that appointment and getting messages from spirit guides and past loved ones just kind of set it off. And that's, that's the route I went is working with um, my, my psychic medium and doing deep healing work, having support from the other side when I didn't have a lot of support here and just using that as a tool to better myself and get back to the person that I once was that little girl that was inside of me that was like, Hey, Hey, I'm still here. You can, you know, like, what about you, me? So you kind of like regain that connection to her through the psychic medium and to, mm -hmm. and to others to, to find you to like yeah. unearth you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Just to, to peel back all those layers that I had built up to try to fit in mm -hmm. for so many years and to feel worthy and to be accepted that it was 
not doing me any favors. I was still lost. I felt like I still didn't have a purpose. I felt like I didn't have the group of friends. I had some several really close friends that I am that are so dear to me and they're, you know, um, but I just see, you know, you know, the, all those people that have like large groups. I'm like, Oh, I'm not, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I, that's how I thought it was supposed to be. You're like I need to have, you know, life on my life chart. It says I had to have this kind of house with these two kids and then maybe a picket fence with this group of friends <laughs> exactly. right there on my list. It's I there. have a life plan, life plan <laughs> yeah. for happy. It's right there. Yeah. And that's part of it too. Like I had a lot, I had the great husband, I had the children, built our dream house. I had all the physical stuff, but it's not the physical stuff that matters. It's what's within. That's what I had to learn. It's not about all that. It didn't make me have none of that stuff. Like obviously my husband and my children, but it wasn't, I needed more. And what I really need is just to find myself and just be true to myself. Cause then I would attract the right-minded people, like they're out there. I just needed mm -hmm. to be authentic to find that. And it took years of really hard work, a lot of release um, to be able to do that and to get to this point where I am today and be able to share it without crying and being a blubbery mess. You know, like I, it's, it's been a well, lot. That's a, I mean, that's a deep emotional journey. Oh, it, it was, it was not easy. It was <laughs> very difficult. It's like you okay. had to, I, I relate, I relate so, so strongly with your journey of putting myself in my life. It's mm. like, I had to put myself on my list. I had to realize like there was a me there mm -hmm. and then I had to like put me on, like I had to figure out like what's okay. I got to take care of myself because I'm also a person I didn't like myself, but I'm just like, okay, they, I have to do a self-care thing, whatever. And then I was like, okay, so I was on the list. And then at some point I realized like, I need to like figure out who, who is this person and how can I take care? Like, how, how do I need to relate to this person? This is like a relationship, right? Cause we have these inner selves, like our childhood selves. And we have this future self. We want to, you know, this idea and this dream in our head. And so it's like having that relationship and, and yeah. being able to, to honor, honor, like to love and honor ourselves. Like that's, mm -hmm. that never even occurred to yeah. me. Like it just, and just to let you know, like my dog is barking and playing right now. <laughs> I did my best. I walked them and I played with them and then they got lunch and then they got a food toy and I'm going to get out some treats and see if he will stop barking. I don't even know who he's barking at because the other dog is behind me. So it's kind of a plot twister over here anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so in, uh, in my community, we talk a lot about the, uh, mentors and support. So would you say that at that time, your mentors and support was that like, um, like your husband and the connection with your daughter, maybe, and then, um, the psychic medium is that, yeah. And also I had a couple of friends that and you'll see in the book, I, I didn't tell my close friends cause I, I was so consumed daily by it and it, it just overtook me. So when I had time with them, it was a way for me to escape, to not talk about it. It was hard as heck cause I had to like force a smile and pretend, <laughs> but they too were, a huge part of that because it gave me that time 
to not focus on it, to not talk about it. And that's mm -hmm. because I'm a very, let's talk about feelings. I'm okay talking about feelings. Let's, <laughs> let's go deep. And it was, I didn't want to though at that point. And um, it was just a time for me to not focus on it. So it was a huge part of me getting through that as well. Having that time with those people to not worry or to think about it. So I love that. Do you think that they were a, they were kind of a different kind of a refuge for you at that point? Yeah. And I, oh. I've had some of them say like, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't know this. I'm like, no, it wasn't you. It wasn't like that was my choice. And it was, you know, something I needed to do because it was just so consuming on the other end. And, and also I was, I didn't want to feel ashamed and my friends would have never like judged me or anything um, at all. It wasn't a fear of that. It was just fear of, you know, my own shame and judgment, I guess, like, you know, with, with sharing. Um, so it it was, it was very difficult <laughs> time. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally think it's just kind of like, you know, we're, we decide that we're going to, you know, go on this path to figure out what happier or like, mm -hmm. you know, getting to some kind of sustainable level of, of not feeling horrible. Yeah. And, and I kind of view some, well, this is kind of how I view some. So some of my friends I view kind of like, oh, so like on the journey up the mountain, they're kind of like the coffee shop. Right. So I just like pop over here, have a coffee, just something light or whatever and refreshing. And some friends will walk with me and hold my hand right on the journey up. And so I feel like, you know, different relationships provide us different, different kinds of support in different ways. And so like your friends could have been like your hammock. And and yeah. that was still a wraparound su like support that you needed. Your body was saying like, you're doing all this processing and you got all this great stuff going on and you need to turn it, turn off the faucets and just kind of like mm -hmm. live and know that you can feel good right now. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, after opening up, after like sharing what I went through and they have been my biggest supporters right there. You know, it's just, it, it feels so good for, to have that support now and to, to actually belong, um, with groups of women and find my people, find my circle and be able to, you know, go out from, like on from this journey from where I am. Cause this is just the beginning of my new journey. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like I, and I'm 40. So it's like I'm midlife and people make fun of me. You're saying midlife at 40. I'm like, is it not? Like if I'm 80, <laughs> if I live to be 80, I'm midlife, right? Pretty good. 80. I think 80 <laughs> right? would be a win in my too young to be yes. midlife. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm midlife. <laughs> I think, I think as women, we're getting more comfortable with owning our age. And I always, I have, I have um, this SPF sunscreen in my cabinet, oil of Olay. And it was like, I always have the commercial playing in my head whenever I put it on. Are you going to go grow old gracefully? Or are you going to fight it every yeah. step of the way? I'm going to do, mm -hmm. I'm going to grow old gracefully, but yeah. I like your sunscreen. Um, yes. You know, it's, you know, it's really yeah. a nice thing, but I don't think we need, like it's antiquated. I think as women mm -hmm. we're, we're claiming, like, I think, 
growing old is maybe not the word. Maybe is, maybe we're growing wise. Yes, exactly. We're growing, and I've, we're I've growing ourselves. Yes, I I I hit the point in my life where I've learned. I've shed all that BS mm. and all the you know those layers of just covering up of you know society and what you think you have to be and what's important. Like to me, your title, your status, your income. You know who that doesn't matter to me. It's who you are as a person, what you do for others, how you give, how you give back and just what you're, you know, living out your purpose, not living, you know, like a robot thinking you have to do things certain way. Mm. I, it makes me sad to see some people like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's okay. That's what makes up the world. Um, but I just, mm-hmm. I just, I wish everybody could, <laughs> live with yes. and just be on that path, but it's not doable, but that's okay. Yes. Yes. I mean, I, I feel, um, obviously I deeply resonate with you because I've dedicated my life to helping people pleasers find their own joy in their own purpose on their own terms, because yes. that was, yeah, that was my, my journey. And I, mm-hmm. I, I often say like, I want to liberate I want yeah. to liberate millions of souls who have just put on all these layers for yeah. everybody else. I want, mm-hmm. I want to help people walk with them to help them shed those and find their own joy, you know, bloom yeah. their own way. Yeah. It's um, so important. I just mm-hmm. think if people knew that they could do that, I think some people just don't, they don't know that they can, you know what I mean? They have just been so yeah. stuck for so long. They're like, I'm however old I am. It's what's the point now or what, what, mm, how good. Yeah. How good could it really yeah. be? I'm pretty yeah. okay here. I got some stuff. I got some time off and um, everything's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, no big deal. But yeah. Um, but when you yeah. taste, when you taste a little bit of that, of that innate light, you know, that mm-hmm. little bit of that brilliance, then you're like, all right, I'm in. Let's, let's do this thing. It's going to be yeah. scary, but I'm going to, I'm going to keep going forward and having yeah. all these, you know, conversations that are, that are challenging, but you know, so, so rewarding as well to, you know, be able to pe- peel off yeah. all those layers. So one, one more, um, one more question for you. So, um, in my community, we talk a lot about resilient, a resilient mindset. And so I define resilient mindset as like courage, compassion, consistency, patience, and curiosity. So what would you say out of all those different um, components of a resilient mindset, what would you say was your biggest like helper in, in working through that, that period of your time? Of your um, life? That's a good question. I think there's multiple things, but I think the two big ones is just being um, compassionate to myself, like that I am important. Like it's, you know, I I am worthy of taking time for myself and doing things, setting boundaries. That was a huge one, like being able to set boundaries for myself because I was just always doing what everybody else, you know, like for everybody else and not, you know, taking time to think do I really want to do something that isn't bringing me joy, you know, or is it just bringing others joy? So um, I think that's important. And then, yeah, just being courageous enough to take the leap to not worry about um, what was on the other side, but knowing that it would be better. It would be better than where I was. So just being able to just 
give it all, you know, and like open up, right. Yeah. Open up. And, and in those moments, uh, honestly, like people are like, Oh, Heidi, you're so courageous. This is like, I don't count myself as a courageous person. I'm just taking the steps that I need to, to move forward in my life and yeah. to, to find me. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's also, that's courageous. Yeah. So. And it's not selfish at all. We're us women, mm. you know, and moms, like a, a lot of my work is going to be with moms and just teaching them, how to disconnect from all that outside information. You know, you have to do this, you have to do this, you have to chart, you have to, you know, like, no, <laughs> just, you know, releasing all that excite, sorry, outside expectations that are laid upon us that we have to get up a week after birth and do this and do that. Like it otherwise will be viewed upon as weak or, you know, lazy or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Just, being able to be okay with where we're at. Like we don't have to do anything for anybody else. You know, mm -hmm. it's what's important is what is working for us and our family and just release those expectations that we put upon ourselves and that the society has on women and new moms. It's, it's mm -hmm. crazy. If we get rid of that, then we'll have so many more happy, enjoyable postpartums. And I just, I wish I did my postpartum training before I had children. I knew all this stuff, but I didn't. So, but that's okay. Cause this, this is, that what was your journey. And this is what brought me to my purpose. So that's okay. Like I I'm, I'm accepting. And that's what had to happen in my journey for me to be able to make change for the future. Mm -hmm. Sometimes our souls need baseball bats. Mm -hmm. I guess our souls yeah. to get the baseball bats or you, we don't listen like, Oh, that's that, that one. I'm not uncomfortable enough in my life to do anything different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, before we, uh, before we move on, um, I was wondering if you had any, if you could kind of like take your, um, your young mommy self to the side and give her any advice. What would you, what would you say? I would just say, just be authentic and just be like, do what works for you. And I, you know, I did learn a little bit about that, like setting boundaries and nap time. So important. I never gave in. Nope. Sorry. Oh. I can't do that. Sorry. You know, and I still nap time without toddlers. <laughs> yes, yes. So I think just being able to stand up for myself finally and just setting boundaries and, doing what works for me and just being true to myself and my needs, I think is, you know, huge. Um, if I had kind of known that before. Wow. That's beautiful. Yeah. You are worthy enough to take care of yourself mm -hmm. to, to listen to yourself. Mm -hmm. that's, that's huge. So I have a new part, part of my show that I want to um, talk over with you and I call it, the spotlight moment. And so I would like to give you the floor to share your, uh, I call it a peculiar genius. So your <laughs> unique mix of talents and personality that make you uniquely qualified to do what you do. And please explain to everyone exactly what you do because people are going to want to get in touch with you. Yeah. This one's fun. Um, okay. So I am a giver at heart. So giving brings me joy. And I, I need that for me to go on. Like I need to give to people without expecting back 
to bring joy within my life. So I'm a giver. Um, I am a healer. And by healing, I, I've done Reiki um, since I was eight, like Heidi had mentioned. And I've always had that ability um, to help people in different ways. I've always done, you know, without even people knowing it, sending white light, you know, to people just mm-hmm. to help them, you know, and to surround them and just give them that little bubble. Um, and professional titles. I am a postpartum doula currently, and I'm a Reiki master teacher. It goes along with the the energy work and the postpartum doula is to help moms on their postpartum journey. And some people I just wanted to throw in there too, the postpartum, a lot of people associate just the word postpartum with depression, but it's not, it's just the period of time after a woman gives birth. So So how long can that be? It is, it could be forever because we're, we're yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the, the immediate amount of time is, um, like three months is the, the main postpartum period, the most imperative for healing for the mom. Uh, but after that, I mean, we have women who, you know, still feel the effects of postpartum, um, postpartum depletion, they could, their child could be like 15 years old. So it's, it's, will always be (laughs) something that goes along with being a mother. So, um, and then also I'm very intuitive and I'm empathic. So I bring that into, um, life by helping others too. I love pulling Oracle cards and affirmation cards and I will, yes, to just pull cards and I'll get someone will pop in my head and I'll just pull a card for them and send it to them and just, you know, give them that message, you know, something that they might need. Um, during that day. And that just brings me joy too. I've always just kind of had that ability to, to try to, or not try to, but to pick up on, you know, what others might be feeling or going through without actually knowing. So, um, so I kind of incorporate all that into Olive and Bloom, right? Offer all those services. So the postpartum care, the Reiki, the healing, intuitive services. And I also do women's groups. So women's circles, mother's circles, and offer the support aspect. And there's more to come as well as I get into it. Um, But I want to be able to teach extended families also. So that way extended families know how to care for postpartum mothers and what works and what they need rather than what, you know, coming at them with you know, advice, because advice sometimes isn't, you know, unless we ask for it, it doesn't, mm-hmm. a lot of times it doesn't really help us. It actually hurts us. So yeah, because um, it triggers all of our perfectionistic tendency, like I should have been doing that and should have been doing that. Yes. And, and yeah. every baby's different, just teaching families that every situation, every family, every baby is different. We cannot compare to other situations. We have to just really intuitively lead ourselves to do what's mm-hmm. best for our baby and for ourselves. So that's the kind of postpartum care that um, I am teaching just to have a mother lead with her intuition and just get back to that. Cause that's what they used to do, <laughs> but we've kind of yeah. gotten away from that with all mm-hmm. this overload and you have to do yes. this. Have to do- no, just, you know, let that go aside. It's okay. You're not going to mess up. Like it. And if there is, there's, there's specialists for that. There's, there's people we can call. Like I have a bunch of people that do certain um, things like a lactation consultant. There's, you know, mm, sleep specialists. there's certain people that are experts in different fields, you know, with the baby, but all in all, if you just break down 
all those layers and information and just lead with your intuition. You can't, you'll do what you need to do, what needs to happen. Oh God, I love that. I love that. I wish I knew you about 15 years ago. I know, I wish I had, I wish I knew <laughs> Everyone needs a Julia in their, their life. Yes. So you yeah. got to work on just cloning yourself so you're available. So yeah, it sounds like Olive and Bloom, holistic wraparound support for the mother, mm -hmm. support circles for women, mm -hmm. support even wraparound support in a, in a larger extended family fashion. Yeah. And you have the connections to, you know, address certain needs. So that just, yeah, that just sounds fantastic. And I would just like to say, if you, uh, if anyone out there listening to this, if you feel that you have any symptoms, uh, you know, depression, can look so different mm -hmm. for anyone. I would view, I went through a very strong, few strong periods of depression in my life and mine was characterized by numbness. So mm -hmm. I couldn't feel, I was just blocking, everything was blocking. Yeah. Uh, all my closets were highly organized. My Diet Coke mm -hmm. intake was off the charts <laughs> and and it was just this numbness, this go. Yeah. And, then, and then I would have like a, a physical breakdown in terms of a migraine. And yeah. so, so the hallmarks of depression yeah. show differently. And it does. And I think that's the key. Like it can be so different in so many, but also depression can be different things for different people. Like there can be mm -hmm. depression that are truly chemical, hormonal um, based depressions that sometimes medication or therapy can help. But in some cases, and I think a lot of cases, I think we find if you look in the studies and look at the different people that having depressions, like instead of just masking it and covering it up and just trying to put a bandaid on it, I think if we really looked deeper and to see what the root cause is, we would all find that we just all need to do some in, inner child work or inner mm -hmm. healing and adjust our lifestyles because something's not working. Mm -hmm. And I just oh, I love that. I, that interconnection to kind of establish that inner fault, that connection. We were got unplugged from ourselves at one mm -hmm. point. So yeah. Like, what do we yeah. need to plug back in? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I think if people mm -hmm. know that, that it's not just, you know, the doctor saying, oh, yeah, you get depression here. Take this medication. No, mm -hmm. like you should ask questions and you should really go within and really see like, OK, what what is going on here? Is there certain you know, things in your life that are, you know, not appealing to you, something that's not right, something happened in your past, I think we just need to be okay with being able to acknowledge that and to work through that and to find the right support team to help you with that. And I am no, in no way mm -hmm. saying that that's all depression. But I think if you really broke it down, and you talk to a lot of people, I think um, a lot of times it is that. Yeah. And sometimes all it takes is that first step to admit that like mm -hmm. things aren't things. Uh, what did my parents used to always say? Like, uh, I just feel off today. And like, that could mean a myriad of things for my parents, mm -hmm. right? Like um, they woke up too late or they ate something funny or they're getting mm -hmm. like, you know, flu, whatever. Um, so, so even just getting to that primary, like, mm -hmm. I feel off, I feel off and I felt off for, I don't know how long, mm -hmm. like that is just, you know, it's, our society is becoming very sensitive to like, you know, being open to having that discussion and, yeah. 
Um, if you don't, you know, if you're listening to this and you don't have anyone in your life that you think you can tell this to, please know that you can always reach out to me. Mm-hmm. I can reach out to Julia and yep. we'd be um, more than willing to have a conversation with you to, to help you uh, find the support that you need for whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. So, yeah. um, so ashamed because there's nothing, I mean, there's just such mm-hmm. a stigma that's attached to depression, yeah. depression and even to postpartum depression, like women just don't want to share that they have. I've talked to so many women that had never even said anything to anyone, not even their spouse, that they had all these thoughts and was going through this. So I think we just need to make normalize it. Let's talk about it more. Um, so I just a little piece. I am working on another collaborative book and the the title is called depression lied to me. So I go deeper into my story and some of like what I've talked about here, but just doing, having more, you know, outlets like that where people can share their stories and get it in the hands of people and just make them know and help them know that it's, it's okay. It's nothing to be ashamed about. And Mm. just, it's okay. Like it, it, you need to, be able to speak up and, and confide in someone and, and not feel ashamed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I know there's a lot of people out there. They kind of view, um, life is kind of like what, right and wrong, good Mm -hmm. and good and bad. And there's so, there's so much in between. Mm -hmm. There's so much in between and, and it's okay to, it's okay to be in the gray and it's okay to admit that you're in the gray Mm -hmm. and, you know, we're all in the gray a vast majority of the time. I like to, I, whenever my kids bring up like, oh, it was a good day or a bad day or whatever. I, I've kind of like banished those words from my vocabulary because mm-hmm. they have a stigma, right? A yeah. Just like, yeah. Not, so we're, cause so we need to stop. If we can all just take a back seat to the judgment, just say like, all right, we're going to put judgy, mm-hmm. judgy pants in the back seat. And we're going to say, all right, I'm practicing it life. Yeah, exactly. This this feeling I have is practice for something. I'm meant to learn something from it. So coming at it from that, that more of a flexible mindset, saying like, Mm -hmm. all right, I'm going to practice taking care of myself today. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say if it was good or bad. I'm just going to say I'm practicing at it. Yeah. And we all, you know, every situation that we're put in, it's some kind of learning, you know, for us, like if there's something that keeps popping up over and over again, it's like, okay, what's the lesson in this? You know, I find myself, I'm like, okay, what is this trying to tell me? Like, okay. <laughs> so you try that. to break yeah. it down and, you know, see, okay, what is this? And why am I feeling so emotional when stuff like this happens? And it doesn't mm-hmm. seem, you know, I'm 40, I shouldn't get upset. <laughs> like it should be I'm 40. Everything, fine. everything should be fine. Now. <laughs> so, so yeah, I think, yeah, just have being, more mindful of how, what makes yourself work. I, cause I think so many people have come become disconnected from themselves and it it's, and there's so much noise and so much going on. I think just like quieting your mind and quieting your surroundings and just going within, I think, and, and it's hard, it's hard for people. I mean, to be able to, you know, some people just cannot, the word meditation, like, Oh scared. yeah. That's so terrifying. Like, oh, God, no, I can't do that. You know, and I, I understand that. And I, I've been there, you know, it, it's because you don't want to, it's a scary place to be because you're like, Oh, well, what if I do cry? What if something does get brought up or, you know, but I can just, I can guarantee that it will, 
it'll help you so much better. Mm. And if you know, find the right support. Yes. Um, it's, it will definitely be worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I totally agree with meditation. And I had to have some baseball bats before I, I went into it went into meditation. And um, I've been meditating for six years now. And yeah, and now I'm just like, how can I build more breath space in my day and more space mm-hmm. in my day to live more, yeah. more authentically? Great. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we are almost done with uh, our time today. Unfortunately, this went by like in two seconds. I know. <laughs> for me. Um, so Julia, she did mention an author in a collaborative book called Elevate Your Voice. If you want to hear more about her fabulous journey, I've read her chapter twice. I have the little book right here with the fabulous mm-hmm. navy blue and firework cover and another collaborative book on the way. So very, very yeah. exciting. So you can get elevate your voice that is in uh, paperback, uh, maybe hardcover on Amazon. So definitely grab that. And uh, Julia, where can people find you? Yeah. So I am on Facebook and Instagram and you can follow me at O and bloom. So it's at and then O and then and spelt out bloom. And that's both for Facebook and Instagram. And then my website is www.oliveandbloom.net. And I have all kinds of stuff on there. My women's circles, I have some products for sale. I also have the book on there too. So if you're wanting to purchase on my website as well, you can do that. A portion of the proceeds will actually go towards helping provide services to women who can't afford them for postpartum care. Uh, And then, yeah, there's just all kinds of information. You can get to my socials on the website as well. I love that. All right. I am going to put in a link to the, to buying the book on Amazon as well. Fabulous. All right. So I have, uh, one little treat. So I have this thing called snowman of affirmation. Uh, it used to be the, the bowl of affirmation, but he got upgraded in shiny. So this is snowman. He's awesome. got all sorts of affirmations in here. So I have green, pink, orange, and yellow. Do you have a color? Pink. Okay. All right. Oh, huh. I am patient and forgiving. Oh, I love that. Yes, because that's, yeah, that's why I basically had to (laughs) be to myself, be patient and forgiving. (laughs) Yes, to be able to get on your journey. Mm -hmm. Wow. And I'm going to pick one for all of our listeners. And since you did pink, I'm going to find another pink. I don't have that many pinks in here right now. I'm just going to go on a pink streak. Oh, and this is for for all all the ladies uh, who might be listening, who might be new to this. I am grateful and proud of who I am. That's beautiful. Yes. The snowman of affirmation never lies. Yep. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, Julia, thank you so much for joining me today. And uh, as always, uh, sending you love, light, and laughter. Until next time, I'm Heidi Esther. Have a great week. Bye. Thanks.